Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and I want to welcome you to Season 3 of Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with authentic and courageous leaders from all over the globe. You will learn from leaders you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolkit. Leadership belongs to all of us. It's not measured by stature or title. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. You know, I say this repetitively on the show, but I'm going to say it again. And I believe that we have serendipitous moments. And they come at us sometimes very slow and methodical, and other times they come fast and furious. And I'm excited to have Barbara Waxman on the show today. She wears many, many hats of experience. She is a leadership coach. She is a life stage expert. Can't wait to talk about that. She's a gerontologist. She's a speaker, author, and an angel investor. And we've had, I think, third time's a charm. We've tried to schedule this. And I always talk about hiccups and transparency, but Barbara, you're here. We're doing this. Can you believe it? I'm so glad to be here today. And you're absolutely absolutely right. It's synchronicity. It just has all come together. Today's the day. Today's the day. And you have done so many things. I'm just going to read but a few because I want to bring out the rest in a conversation. But you are the founder of Odyssey Group Coaching. You are an aging advocate who helps define the middle science life stage. You are a faculty member at Chip Conley's Modern Elder Academy, and we were chatting about that. So shout out to you, Chip Conley, because we loved having you on the show. And you have been featured in various media publications, including Thrive Global. You've been on CBS Mornings. I could just keep going on and on. It's such an honor to have you here. I'm thrilled and looking forward to the conversation. I, I love meeting other heart-centered leaders. You do know that about me because I you said you were stalking me. So I hope you, I hope you found that out. I sure did. So my first question is, I know you love talking about resilient leadership and the future of resilience in leadership. That is my first question. When you think about that, when you talk about that, we're now on, I can safely say, quasi post COVID world. How did this thought leadership come to you? And what do you see in the future for resilient leadership? It's a great, not post, but forever more COVID world that we're in. Great question. What I found when I was working internationally, the coaching work I do is international. And I was finding every single place from the C-suite to when I was working with staffs of companies and hearing, I was asked to create a space for people to come together and process and be and center actually so they could get back and be productive at work. That was the really the underlying reason for these sessions. And what I realized, no matter where people were in the world, no matter where people sat in their organizations, there is a sense of being frozen, of not how understanding how to deal with the change because it was coming at us fast and furious. We all thought COVID, oh, it's two weeks maybe. Everything changed and then school changed and then people trying to figure out, do I have to wash my hands before, after, and during opening a package? So 
people lost their ability to have any sense of what I call equanimity. If you imagine a boulder, a soft but sturdy boulder in a stream, it's been there for centuries. It is solid. It has equanimity. It's not going anywhere. And yet you'd slip if you walked on it. It's it's soft. Things flow over. It's, it's soft and it's hard. And so I started to recognize that the future of leadership is agile leadership or resilient leadership. And the qualifiers of that are first authenticity, understanding your triggers, understanding your history, understanding your personal relationship with change, and then working from that place. It's not a one and done. It's not a class you take. Here's how to deal with resilience. It's all about an inside job that has to happen. And then it's cultivating alignment with those things that help you stay present and focused, creative. We talked about creativity a little bit before we started. And then activating and experimenting with what works. So that is a lot of what has to do with resilient leadership. It does. And I, I've interviewed a lot of leaders on the podcast. We're, we're almost to the end of season three. And it's interesting to see the different vantage points. But I think the alignment all, all comes back to what you said, resiliency. And look how many agile coaches and certifications and companies are taking this, this agility coaching kind of to new heights. And it's interesting that the pandemic kind of pushed us in that direction. But I'm also looking uh, with bated breath to see how the chips fall over the next three to five years. So fascinating. Okay, my second question has permanent residency on the show. What imperfections does Barbara bring to her heart-centered leadership? Laughter is allowed. <laughs> okay, what imperfections? Uh, I would say I can be too intense. And when I'm often asked, what would I tell my younger self? It's my younger self, it's my current self, is lighten up a little bit. I, I always want to provide so much value to people that I can focus on results to the extent that there's not the amount of lightness to the process that really opens the flow. So yeah, I can be kind of intense. <laughs> That's okay. Intensity can be good too. It's 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 one of those uh, it's one of those habits that that many have shared on the show. So you're in good company, right? Like a strength overused is a weakness. So absolutely, absolutely. Okay, my third question is: Talk to me about your program, which you've called Entrepreneurship Turned Inward, and you alluded a little bit about inner work, and that's something where you and I really align because. I think when a leader shows up in any level of leadership, the leadership journey of life has a huge impact on personality, behavior, leadership style, et cetera. So talk to us a little bit about why you created this and was it something you were seeing on repeat? Where did this thought leadership come from for this? In our Western cultures, I'd say the idea of entrepreneurism, it's we want to invest our time, our energy, our money, our social contacts, our brain trust into these creative endeavors, right? An entrepreneur is someone who's identifying a problem and saying, I want to fix that. I want to address that and make the world better. So I turned that on its head to say, what if you were the product? Or we say, let's take care of the business of your life and your leadership in an entrepreneurial way. 
where we're investing very consciously in what does it take for you to be your best. So leadership is an inside job. We start from there. And ETI, Entrepreneurship Turned Inward, is a process where people go through self-discovery. They take an assessment, which, by the way, is free on my website to any of the listeners. It's called the Five to Thrive Quiz. And it gives you sort of your mojo analysis, your baseline for how you use your energy. And then we talk about what drives you and how you make decisions. So you can create the alignment we talked about earlier. And that's when you create your plan. People want to go to a coach and say, hi, help me create my plan. All right, well, let's build the foundation. And that's what ETI is. I love it. And I, I love the self-discovery piece because that, that is the foundation. You can't build a house without a foundation and, and you can't move forward in life without a foundation. Five to thrive. I love that. Well, we'll make sure we put that in the podcast episode description below. Okay. My last question is I want to go back to Modern Elder Academy because that was one of our, uh, I haven't even full chipped this. That was one of our most listened episodes to date. And modern elder is a, a new term for anyone 45 years and older. So I wanted to integrate into the last leadership question. You are one of the faculty members there. Tell us what you teach and what you bring to MEA. And is there anything up and coming in the near future that you could share with our listeners? Absolutely. So Chip came up with this idea of being a modern elder, which now he's actually said it's could be mid-30s and older or better, midlife and better is what I say. Uh, and he came it comes from a tech background, right? So especially in the tech world, when people are in their 30s, they already feel like an elder. So when you think about the workplace, it's being a modern elder, the Part of the curriculum that is the standard now MEA curriculum has to do with middle lessons. I wrote a short book called The Middle Lessons Manifesto in 2015. Middle lessons is this idea that we now live long enough, those extra 30 years of life that we've added since 1900 to our life expectancies, we generally think, oh, I'm going to be old longer. But that's not where they live. That's not how we experience those years. They show up in the middle. And so if we think about most, call it two plus decades of an expanded midlife, it's kind of like we go through adolescence twice. So the minute I say to you, oh, you remember your adolescence? Everyone says, oh boy, yep. Well, hormones change, bodies more, relationships shift. We have this identity sense. I'm not a kid, but I'm not a grown-up. Well, in midlife, hormones change, bodies morph. This time, not necessarily in the ways we love. And we feel like we're not young anymore, but we're certainly not old. It's not a crisis if we understand it's a new, new developmental stage and focus on how to work with it. So that's one part of the ongoing curriculum at MEA. The course that I'm teaching in just a couple of weeks is called Consciously Curating Your Life. And I use the arts as a metaphor for curation. When you go to a museum or a gallery and you see what's framed on the wall, 
you really have to pay attention to think, what did they need to sell off or get rid of in order to have this exhibition, this chapter? How did they decide to frame things and put them together? What is the hue in the background on the wall? What's the typography? It's important that we pay as much attention to all those beautiful nuances in our lives. And so I take people through a journey of looking at their lives, learning from it, and they come out of the uh, workshop having a North Star statement that really helps helps guide them with this understanding that each one of us is a masterpiece. I love that. And it's fun using art as as metaphors. And that's fun. And it's in a fun environment. Yeah. Sounds fun. I, I'm going to come. I promise, Chip, I will come. So I, I do have to get down there. But um, just so serendipitous that you're on the faculty there. So cool. Didn't even know that till you were going to be on the show. So there's there's just another alignment. Okay, I'm going to switch to my fab four. Okay. These are just four fun questions. We don't want you to think. We just want to know what's sitting on the top of that brilliant mind of yours. First question, if I asked your family or close friends to describe Barbara in one word, what would it be? Intentional. I thought you were going to say intense. <laughs> I used that one already. Uh, intense, interesting, intense, intentional. So many people struggle to find their purpose. And I do a lot of work with people to help them understand that it, it lives within them. It's our job to unearth it. I sometimes feel like, wow, I have too many areas that I feel so purposeful in. And so I have to be, and I've learned to be very intentional about how I spend my time and my energy in ways that allow me to be joyful and have impact and have the quality relationships in my life that I want. So I'd say, I think people would say that also, intentional. I love that. Okay, second question. Name a book that you've read at any juncture in your life that was really impactful. What was the name of the book? Who's the author? And how did it impact you? Really what's coming up for me, it's called The Marginalian. It's not a book, but I'm going to tell you about this because it's it's so life-changing and top of mind. Uh, are you familiar with The Marginalian? So Maria Popova um, is a curator interestingly, of content, of information. But she writes weekly and in some way, shape or form, it enriches my life every single week. And it inspires me in the way that she brings art and science together to enrich my thinking, my creativity. So the reason this popped in my mind, I was just thinking this morning about something I read a couple of weeks ago where she talked about unselfing, about, and I love that idea, unselfing, helping someone else look at the night sky, getting out of ourselves, finding awe. And by getting out of ourselves, actually we feel more in touch with ourselves at the same time. So that's my offer, sharing the marginalia. I love that. I love that. You should tell her what an impact she has on your life every week. That's really beautiful. I have. She takes donations. I I have. I've told her. That's wonderful. Okay, third question. Let me put some context around this. I'm granting you a wish, Barbara. And you get to have dinner with any leader of your choice. This leader could be living. 
this leader could have passed away. Who are you having dinner with? And what is the dinner conversation? Boy, there's so many. Okay. So I'm going to go with the first person who's coming to mind for whatever reason, uh, Michelle Obama. And I would say we're having dinner because it's going to be fun. She's got a great sense of humor. She's super smart and also has this international perspective and yet always seems to bring it back to those core values she's about. I really admire, even if people don't agree with everything she stands for, her process, who she is. I'm a real admirer of hers. So I would have a great girls' night with Michelle Obama and talk about everything from fashion to politics. (laughs) I love it. So when you set that up, I expected invitation. Okay. (laughs) We we put that out there. She has actually come up on the show quite a few times. Oh. And I always gift myself a new book in December. That's kind of my little gift to myself for Christmas. And I love her latest book, The Light We Carry. And I, I devoured it as much as I did her first book. And she just, I'm to the point where when I read her books, I can hear her voice. And so when you talk about how you described her and and how she makes you feel, I really resonate with that because I I just, I read it and I, I have to stop and think, kind of like you do with your weekly Maria newsletter. Uh, it's kind of like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And it's almost like going back to anchoring in equanimity and being that stone in the pond going, okay, I'm anchored in this, but I can I can still have the calmness and the mental composure and move a little bit. And I want to pivot this way because I just learned this from her. Yeah. And I, I get what you mean when you say that. And I hope you do get to have dinner with her. Okay, before we close out the show, I'm going to have you finish a sentence. That's our last bad four question. But I just want to say, I'm so excited Our paths have finally crossed. I did not know you were linked with Chip. I just feel like this MEA world is coming in, coming in at every angle for me here. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I love sharing the space with you. And you are very heart-centered. I love your energy. We are energy management people. So it's always nice when 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 two people meet and and they just they get each other. And that's how you make me feel. Thank you. I feel the same. All right, close out the show by finishing this sentence. Heart-centered leadership is? Heart-centered leadership is being a good ancestor, which means having a consciousness about wanting to leave a conversation or company or family, the world, a better place because we were in it. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed the show today and learned some new tools for your leadership from our amazing Heart-Centered guest. And if you like the show, we would welcome a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And we would love to have any comments or feedback at any time. And if you want some more Heart-Centered goodness, head over to our daily blog, masteringtheheart.com.